0: Honey, cage, Keno, Luke, kangraid, and scorpion, Sonia, blade, sub-zero, Koro, shank, Zorak, Baraka, Jax, Kintaro, Kitana, Kamlan, Lena, Nukes, A, Butts, Shao Kahn, Chameleon, Cyrax, Er, Mac, Double, Mothara, Nightwolf, Sector, Sheik, Plus, and Del Striker. Didn't tremor, the drumming, tara, ashra, katara, kira, onaga, Cassie, cage, Aaron, black Farah. Welcome to Mortal Podcast, I'm your host Ben Meckler and this is the show where I walk my friends through the history of Mortal Kombat lore, the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of of a single character. Whew, man, season three, we're popping off. Uh, today, I got a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, uh, East Los High writer, Carlos Cisco. He's a writer's assistant on Star Trek Discovery. How you doing, Carlos?
1: Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, it's, uh, you know, start of a new year, hoping things... Uh... Are, uh, are starting to pop off, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, you
0: know January is a good time for writers because uh, we spend every waking moment in crippling anxiety waiting for people to call us.
1: Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a really good time of year. Yeah,
0: everyone <laughs> stops working in like mid-November because they're like, it's almost Thanksgiving. And then between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're like, it's basically Christmas. And then uh, after Christmas, they come back in early January and they're like, you know, Sundance is in like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, so
1: it's really about May when things start picking up around here.
0: Yeah, and uh, I really look forward to that happening uh, because I'm not a patient man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we we were just talking about that a little bit. We were talking about Mortal Podcast. You've you've listened to every episode. Yeah, I'm a longtime listener, uh, (laughs) first-time caller. Uh, I appreciate that. You're a good friend. (laughs) Have you been a Mortal Kombat fan in your life? Well... So, I've always been really bad
1: at fighting games, with the exception of uh, Soul Calibur 2. Oh, dude,
0: Soul Calibur 2 is one of the best games ever made. Yeah. um, Full stop. It is so uh, good. (laughs) uh,
1: I was an Ivy player, uh, because I... yeah Intravenous
0: player? Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) No, I... uh, You know, no one played as Ivy, and so I found... I was like, well, no one knows how to play against her, so I was like, you know, and I also, you know, I dug her... Whip sword bondage aesthetic. It yeah. was just you know.
0: She was essentially wearing like a bodysuit, and that was it. And then had a sword that became a whip.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, I love Valdo for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, the little yoga.
0: Yeah, not really yoga, but Valdo was just like contortionist. Shit, contortionist, right? he'd yeah. Like contortionist. he like yeah. exorcist walk, and... yeah, and
1: he had the you know sh- leather straps all over yeah. his eyes. So and you stuff. were
0: just playing the eyes wide shut characters. Pretty, pretty much, much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But
1: I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I had. Um, Mortal Kombat 3 and I had whatever Mortal Kombat was on the GameCube
0: uh, there were three on the GameCube so uh, it could have the been one with swords Deadly Alliance which one had swords um, was it the one it where th- Sub-Zero had like a funny little hat or was it the one where Sub-Zero had no hat I think no hat it was the one okay. that was
1: actually on like a 3D plane like you could move Was it the... there
0: were three there yeah. were three that, that played yeah. that way it I, was Deadly Alliance Deception and Armageddon I, don't, I honestly don't remember <laughs> I,
1: I I think I've always had an appreciation for um, just the like the iconography of sure. it. Like, I mean, Scorpion, Sub Zero, like some of the coolest characters just ever in fighting games. Yeah, um, I've never felt like Mortal Kombat games like gelled for me mechanically. I've always found them a little clunky. Yeah, maybe overly precise in that way. They,
0: but... yeah, I had trouble like figuring out the rhythm of them for a long time. I think the last like few games, mm-hmm. they really they're super smooth especially Mortal Kombat 11. It's like one of the best playing fighting games I've ever played. But I, I do agree, like, especially those old games, Mortal Kombat 3, I like could never, I still can just cannot for the life of me figure out like the rhythm of those games. Oh,
1: and I mean, those fatalities were fucking impossible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone clearly was able to do it. Uh, I think Dan Hernandez was on here saying he was like, he still remembers the moves to like do <laughs> fatalities. and.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I machine. mean, uh, so I, uh, my mom forbade me from having uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, mm. that, I think that came out, was that 94? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that was like fifth grade. I had like two or three friends that had it, so it was always like, you know, go over to their house and play it and yeah, get, get into secret. these horrible, <laughs> vicious fighting matches with my actual friends over yeah. that. Um, but, you know, my mom was like hard no on, uh, on that. And uh, when I was in sixth grade, we had a foreign exchange student, um, and uh, I managed to trick him
0: like a foreign exchange student staying with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, cool. From
1: Spain. From Spain. Um, trick him into. I mean, I, I I bought it. Like I had been saving up since like my birthday in July, right? Because I knew it was coming. Um, like my allowance and you know birthday money, and uh, I basically told him I was like, well, my mom said I couldn't have Mortal Kombat two, but she has never expressly said anything about Mortal Kombat three, and I'm a year <laughs> older, so it stands to reason that I could have it, and. What's even more surprising is that argument somehow worked on my mom wow. when she caught me playing it. And she was like, is that Mortal Kombat 2? And I was like, no, it's three. And she sort of <laughs> gave like, I mean, it was almost like, she you know, how she
0: appreciated that you were using logic against her. Yeah. It was uh, evolving. You know,
1: very lawyerly at a young age. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, was yeah, like she was
0: just happy that you were on the path to becoming a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Little did she know. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I think she just sort of sighed and resigned herself to having this horribly brutal game in her yeah. house. But yeah, wasn't much she could do about it at that. Well,
0: oh, it's not like it turned you into a you know a writer, a tortured writer who puts a lot of gore and violence into their. Not uh, at all. Uh, I would never do work. That. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, having hung out with your mom, uh, shout out to her. Great, great, great job raising a kid. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot you totally to hung out with my Mortal mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We got lunch. Yeah. We went to Meow Wolf. That's right. Yeah. Visited her in her hometown. It was great. <laughs> it's strange.
1: Like, I've had in in the past year, I've had about seven or eight friends go to Santa Fe expressly to visit Meow Wolf. Like, I mean, I guess it's not weird. It's fucking awesome. But... Yeah.
0: It's social media, Yeah. I think. I mean, there are a lot of... I was talking about this with Kirby when we were in Mexico City last week. There are a lot of places... That uh, are now huge tourist attractions explicitly because of like Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think Meow Wolf is one of those. I mean, I think the machine would have worked for Meow Wolf anyway because of who owns it. It's George R. R. Martin and like. I I think just the fact that it is like we have like the selfie museum and all that but all that stuff really is like Instagram driven tourist attractions oh
1: I I absolutely agree but I feel like Meow Wolf takes it like a layer deeper than like say you know the Museum of Ice Cream or whatever that are these like kind of selfie mills because you really can like deep dive into the lore they've created in each individual space
0: yeah that place has a narrative it's like a puzzle room it's not an escape room but it definitely has like similar a similar interactive like feeling yeah it's like an escape
1: room where you're not encouraged to leave
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> and then you showed me that there's like a whole concert venue in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. That place is amazing. Yeah. If anyone lives near Santa Fe or is considering traveling there, uh, go to Meow Wolf. You probably already know that, but do it. Uh, it rules. Yeah, this is the Meow Wolf podcast now. Yeah. And on the subject of reinvention, uh, that is the theme of this season of Mortal Podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, last season, uh, the theme was friendship because Mortal Kombat 2 introduced the concept of friendships and a lot of characters uh, whose entire paths were defined by who their friends were. This season, the theme that I've discovered is one of reinvention, which since you have played uh, a lot of Mortal Kombat 3, you're probably aware is a big part of a lot of the characters in that uh, game. I know you'd said you're not super familiar with a lot of the stories uh, of those characters. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. I mean, that was like uh, sixth grade. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been a minute, um, but yeah. <laughs> you may be vaguely aware that there are characters who have reinvented themselves somewhat.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have a um, a, a, a bit loose awareness of uh, you know a lot of these ancillary characters that have flitted in and out of other characters' stories throughout uh, the the other yeah. episodes, but I quickly forget all of this because it is it is just entirely too much bandwidth to maintain all of it, and I don't know how you do it.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I get a lot of nosebleeds just midway through a podcast. You'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so my question to you, my prompt for you, is, since. Uh, in Mortal Kombat 3, all these characters, including the one we'll be talking about today, who we'll get to in a second, uh, reinvented themselves in a significant way at some point. Is there a time in your life that you've reinvented yourself, Carlos? I
1: I mean, that's actually... It's it's, uh, sort of funny that um, that is our our theme for today, because I I recently... just started a foray into writing for RPGs in particular, um, mm. publishing stuff on the DMs guild for, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I just had an adventure released in, um, a collection called the eat the rich anthology, which is Perfect. 17 anti-capitalist, uh, themed <laughs> adventures, uh, for, you know, your party. They're all like one shots for between two and four hours long that people can run. So, wow. yeah, it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing. Like, I mean, there's like amazing art in the book. Um, yeah, so.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Eat the Rich Anthology, it's available now? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, okay, cool. on the
1: uh, dmsguild.com. And then uh, I have uh, two more things that I'm, uh, you know, have in the
0: works for later in the year. What, uh, had you ever before the, like, past year thought about writing campaigns? Had you done it before? Um,
1: I had never actually, like, uh, written anything for consumption beyond, like, what was at my table, but it was, like, a strange thing Um so I uh, earlier uh, last year I had interviewed at uh, Wizards of the Coast mm. to go up and be a narrative designer, um, and Where the, are they located what uh, Where? up in uh, well near Seattle. Oh okay, uh, yeah. Wow. So I would have had to I would have had to leave, and that would have been a total reinvention. But was I was like, one. <laughs> I was kind of I was hey, like kind of stoked about city. going. It sounded like cool, yeah. uh, like a cool job. And um, but uh, I uh, the the Monday that I got the rejection from them, I was super bummed out. And then that Friday, I got the call from the showrunner of Star Trek Discovery to see if I wanted to hop oh, on board that. And well, so it was down. a very nice thing. And then <laughs> uh, the um, the adventure, I, I ran like a one-shot for... Um, uh, some of the people in the writers' room who wanted to try playing D and D. Oh, really? Yeah, who had never played before. So That's I ran fine. a one shot, and it was uh, written by this woman who actually uh, is Alicia Furness, who uh, spearheaded uh, Eat the Rich anthology. And so it was like this uh, weird, like D and D and Star Trek yeah. kind of like looping into one another. Um, not that those two spheres have anything. <laughs> any common common
0: ground? Was it a sci-fi campaign or a fantasy campaign? No, it was a yeah. it was a fantasy cool. fantasy campaign. And have any of the Star Trek writers continued to play D and D since that one shot? Um, not. Uh, I I
1: think they all want to. Yeah. I haven't had a time because I I run too many games already, and sure. then I've
0: been you know running like uh one shot play tests and stuff. And I mean, I I uh I get it. You've invited me to play D and D like three hundred times, and I've mm-hmm. never made it out. I haven't played D and D since I worked at Nerdist like four years ago when we had a campaign where we played, like, maybe five times over the course of, like, eight months. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, uh, I've i been in... I mean, like, for the last few years, I've been in pretty regular games, which has been really nice, both as a player and a, a DM. But um, one of your previous guests, uh, as you mentioned, Dan Hernandez, he playtested my, my last adventure, and uh, hopefully you'll get to playtest this one. This uh,
0: one. I definitely will. Uh, I, that's a goal for me, is to play D&D more this year, because it's super fun, especially if you're a creative person, especially if you... Especially if you're someone who just like wants to be more creative in their life, too. I always tell Kirby I think she'd enjoy it, because you know, she's doesn't have a creative job, but she's a photographer, and she's a food stylist, and I feel like she'd really dig it. Uh, and I feel like everyone listening should tweet at Kirby that she needs to play Dungeons & Dragons this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, great game. It's a good story of reinvention. It's a yeah. true one. Yeah. True story. Yeah, true, a true story. story of reinvention, <laughs> inarguably. Uh, so, on the subject... Let's talk about a person who definitely reinvented themselves, uh, the cyborg ninja Sektor. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, Sektor, uh, you know, famously in the games, he's the, the red cyborg ninja. Yeah. Um, he's got, you know, standard stuff you'd expect a cyborg ninja to have. He's got missiles. He's got uh, a rocket punch, which I feel like you, if you're any kind of a cyborg, you should be able to have a rocket powered uh, fist action oh, going I on. I mean, at
1: least some kind of limb.
0: Yeah, at least one of your limbs should have some rocket-powered uh, force behind it. Um, he's got a flamethrower in his arm, like the, the Mandalorian, yeah. who I believe used it in every single episode of uh, The Mandalorian. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, so
1: spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. There he uses the flamethrower. The
0: flamethrower. <laughs> I've seen every Baby Yoda meme, but I did not know about the flamethrower. I mean, you've seen most of The Mandalorian then. Okay. Yeah. It's really all about Baby Yoda. <laughs> He's also got a compressor, uh, like this weird, like thing that can come out of his arm that can literally—it's uh, just these two metal plates that crush people's bodies. Oh, I thought it was like a like like Anton sugar No, not like an Anton. D- I mean, he's probably got one of those, uh, like the cattle prod thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, no. are you
1: saying Sector or the Mandalorian?
0: Uh, Sector. Oh, okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure what we were on anymore. Yeah, no, no. Back to Sector. Uh, he's got the compressor that crushes people's bodies with giant. He's, there's an amount of metal inside a sector's body based on his fatalities and his special moves. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like he'll have giant, like four or five foot wide sheets of metal erupt out of like his arm gauntlet uh, and crush people's bones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean,
1: I know that you're probably going to go into a lot of of these these terms and stuff later, but sure. it, is it possible that sector? has a realm inside him he could he
0: doesn't but he could oh. uh, <laughs> well. and, you know he's got pulse blades you gotta have some kind of swords if mm-hmm. you're a ninja and his are uh pulse powered which is uh we're just generally accepting some kind of laser based thing it's been in video games for forever we're just like yeah pulse that's an energy short. Sure. so uh that's kind of sector visually but let's talk a little bit about sector of the man <laughs> Sector uh, is a part of a an assassination clan called the Lin Kuei. They're ninja assassins. It's a China-based clan, and they are the foremost assassination clan in the world. Their only rivals are the Shirai Ryu, who are in Japan. Now, Scorpion is from the Shirai Ryu, and uh, Sub-Zero is from the Lin Kuei. So Sector and Sub-Zero are in the same clan. Got it. Okay. Um, but they are not friends, and we'll okay, get to that, that was, in a this second. Okay, gonna be my next question. Yeah, no, they're not buddies. Uh, so the Lin Kuei, the Shirai Ryu, these two super shadowy, super infamous assassination clans, they uh, have their different ways of finding people it will be a part of this clan, raising them as perfect assassins and sending them out on missions. Uh, the Shir- uh, Sorry, the Lin Kuei uh, is led by a Grandmaster who has a dragon medallion that's like the source of his power, and he's always sort of in charge, and everyone in the Lin Kuei is expected to be completely subservient to the grand master sector and, and just
1: clarification yep. that's not sub-zero right that is not sub-zero so does he have i mean does he have some sort of like supernatural power in that sense from the granted by the medallion or is it just sort of a a more uh the grand master, political power granted by it
0: th- as the series goes on, you kind of learn that there is some power amplification that can come from the medallion, but the grandmaster never displays any specific uh, supernatural abilities that we see um, at this point in the timeline. So the grandmaster is leading the Lin Kuei and there are sort of these, um, there's just like four or five ninjas that are like the best assassins in the clan. There's sub zero. Uh, well, I'll just use real names. There's Bihan. And Kui Lang, these two brothers who are the best assassins in Lin Kuei because they are cryomancers. No one else in Lin Kuei has special powers. These are two people who just happen to have the ability to conjure ice um, naturally. Yeah, originally, Behan is Sub Zero. Eventually, he dies, and Kui Lang takes the name of Sub Zero. Kui Lang is the Sub Zero most people know. And which game does that happen? That transition happens in between Mortal Kombats 1 and 2. Oh,
1: okay. So yeah. So
0: it's most of the games, Kuai Lang is, is sub-zero. Uh, there's also Smoke, who's Kuai Lang's best friend. He is the, I think, only other person in the Lin Kuei who has any kind of supernatural powers. He can disappear in a cloud of smoke. Uh, he's got like a demon inside him, it's a whole thing. Um, and for that reason, he and Kuai Lang are like best buddies of similar age. Uh, Then there's Cyrax, who's kind of friendly with them. He's kind of friendly with everyone in the clan. He's just a subservient member of the clan, but his role kind of becomes a little more important uh, later on, which we'll get to because he's a big part of Sector's story. And then there's Sector. And Sector is the Grandmaster's son. And so he is, I'll just say now, a sort of, uh, he's sort of like a, Don Jr. figure in the world of Mortal Kombat. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, mostly in that he is uh, his entire life revolves around finding a way to be his father's favorite, and he just can't make it happen. So when the story kind of kicks off, uh he is uh you know, he loves to kill. He's not a good person, Sector. <laughs> he loves killing, uh, so he really loves being an assassin. He loves his place in life. He doesn't question it. He doesn't question the system of subservience, probably because his family is at the head of the Lin Kuei, but he's still subservient entirely to his father, and he you know, dreams of being the best assassin so that he can one day inherit his father's title. He wants to be the grandmaster of the Lin Kuei one day, but he knows that he's never going to be able to be as good as two cryomancers. Yeah.
1: Does he have any siblings or is he? He's no, old, so or at least he, not that
0: we know of. It's just Sector.
1: So he is the heir apparent, but he just knows he's sort of. He's k-
0: the heir inferior. apparent, but yeah, he lives in constant like anxiety, I think, because he's never going to be as good as uh, Sub-Zero or his brother Tundra at the time was his, was Kwai Lang's name before he took on the mantle of Sub-Zero. He's just not as good as them. And and the Grandmaster makes that note. He's just like, oh yeah, no, uh Bihan and Kwai Lang are the best assassins. Sector, go do this other thing. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And so despite the fact that Sector is, is a human, he's just like a person from Earth Realm. Um, all this magic and stuff isn't that weird for him because the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu operate at such a level as assassins that like they take jobs from demons, from gods, from uh necromancers that are from other realms. Like, you know, you have your level of assassins that you call to like murder your spouse if if you're a psychopath <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you know you're just
1: your standard yeah, 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 a, a
0: day-to-day assassin you have your level of assassins that are hired to kill like politicians mm-hmm. um you know scary like black ops blackwater mercenary kind of stuff then you've got like these guys that are like oh we know about the world behind the world we're just like people but we're so good at killing that like a god will hire us to murder another god like that's how we operate. And then they do other stuff too. Like they'll go and steal artifacts. They'll do things where like, you'd have to be an amazing killer uh, to be able to survive this like thing that I need you to go get. So that's like the world that Sector lives in and he's happy living there. So despite not
1: having any powers, he's still an extremely skilled, very competent individual. Oh yeah. That still sucks in the eyes of his dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He just can't ever be good enough for his dad, which is scary for someone who aspires to want to take his dad's job. Yeah. 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 He's like, what is my future then? I can't be subservient to one of these people that I grew up with. That's fucked up. Which, yeah, all right. So Sector's entire life changes uh, after a couple of events take place. So he uh, he and the Lin Kuei uh, broker a deal with this necromancer named Quan Chi. They're like, we're sick of competing with the Shirai Ryu uh, for all these jobs. We want to be the only... Assassination clan out there, uh, help us slaughter them. And Quan Chi is like, Yeah, I'll help you slaughter them. I just need you to go get the special artifact for me. And uh, so the Grand is like, Great, I'll send Bihan to go get it. He's the best assassin we have. And uh, that job is very complicated. There are a lot of wrinkles to it. Bihan's loyalty is kind of tested. Um, at the end of the day, the Shirai Ryu are slaughtered the Lin Kuei are successful in taking out this other clan, um, but the Grand Master is like, okay, well, I need to do something to make sure that everyone in my clan is completely subservient. And Sector is like, yeah, totally, Dad, whatever you want. And he's like, okay, cool, so here's my plan. I wanna turn everyone in the Lin Kuei into cyborgs.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, the Grand Master's just like, it's called the Cyber Initiative. We're going to turn everyone in the clan into cyborgs. We're going to program them to be loyal. They're going to do whatever I want. And no one will question my authority because they'll be robots.
1: I I mean, like how many people are in the Lin Kuei? Like, is it, I feel like cyber initiative. Like a bunch.
0: Like feels a little big. It's big. Well, there, there are a lot. I don't know that there's like hundreds, maybe like a hundred, maybe like 50 I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> an
1: initiative is appropriate, but it still sounds a little—it sounds a little extreme. Yeah, for and that, I'm pretty that, sure, that like that in the tight knit of a group.
0: Yeah, I think they're like not allowed to have families either. So it's like
1: it's very cult-like.
0: Yeah, the Shu'aruu did have families, and all those families were murdered. Um, oh. <laughs> but the Linquay, I think, don't. I think they don't have anyone. So like, yeah, all the, it basically just like gathered a bunch of people together. It's like you're all going to be cyborgs now. Uh, it's called the Cyber Initiative, and everyone's like cool, 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 cool. Especially Sector. Because for him, it was like, this is leveling the playing field. I don't care if I lose free will. I don't care if I lose my human body. Because it would literally involve taking their like brains and spines and implanting them into cyborg bodies. <laughs> He's like, I don't care if I lose all of that stuff. What's important is that I'll have exactly as many abilities as Sub-Zero, as Smoke. And then I can be the best. So great. I'm doing it. That's a... Uh... Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not a wise investment in your future.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it turns out just blindly listening to your dad is not a great move. No. Just in general. uh, And definitely if he's pitching a cyber initiative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean...
1: I, I, I mean listen, there, I think there's a lot of benefits sure. to this, but it's it's that whole like being under the, you know, sort of influence of someone that uh, you know, is just going to be sending you out to uh murder all the time, but I guess if that's your favorite hobby,
0: yeah. I, I can I can see
1: Sector's point of view there.
0: Sure. I mean like, yeah, if, I mean I guess imagine like if you're if you're who's your who's your favorite showrunner of all time? Who's your favorite like, you know, who's your dream person you'd love to work with? Oh man. Uh I mean, I would love to work with Vince Gilligan. Great. So let's say Vince Gilligan calls you up and he goes, Carlos, I got this idea. It's called the Cyber Initiative. <laughs> I'm going to make you into a cyborg. You're going to keep your brain in spine. Don't worry. <laughs> and you're going to get a lifetime overall with me. We're just going to make shows together for the rest of your life. But you won't have free will. <laughs> I- oh, you got to think about it. <laughs> Think about it. Is um, <laughs> is dental covered? Yeah, you get health insurance. Well, you don't. Do I does, get you don't metal have teeth, teeth? So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound so bad. I mean, like living sure. out
1: here, you have to make all sorts of compromises. So I think that that, <laughs> that actually doesn't sound like the worst deal I would have made out here.
0: Great. Okay. So, so then you kind
1: of get where Sector's head was at. I mean, listen, all of our bodies are falling apart actively as we speak out
0: here. Yeah. The singularity is going to happen probably like a little too late for our generation. Yeah. So
1: I know. just, I just, you know, I wouldn't mind just being plugged into something in the end, like some yeah. advanced virtual reality. I mean, very much like, uh, what's that the, the black mirror. Yeah, the, sure. Um,
0: San Junipero. Uh, San Junipero. <laughs> that, that sounds great. That does seem pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, from the perspective of the last generation that's going to have to die of old age, um, yeah, you know? <laughs> sure, cyber initiative. Yeah. Why great. not? <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, so, so Sektor does it. He's the first person to get his brain and spine ripped out of his body and put in a brand new robot ninja body. And he is no longer a man. He becomes LK-99. The letter T, nine, T, nine. Okay. LK for I imagine Lin Kuei. <laughs> uh,
1: ah, yes. That. It,
0: is, it is funny that that's their naming convention, that they were like, all right, first one off the assembly, uh, LK-9-T-9. Nine, nine. You'd think it would be like LK-1 yeah. or like LK-001. I mean, I one. guess it's just one more way to stick it to his son. Yeah, he's like, you're not number one. No, you'll never be number one. You're number nine, T-9. Nine. Yeah. So, uh, Sector gets cyberized. He's like, cool, we're all going to do it, right? Who's next? And then, uh, Kwai Lang is like, fuck this. And he bails. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be a cyborg, and I'm not going to do that. Well, and wouldn't he stand to lose, like, his cryomancy powers
1: if he got put into a robot? I mean, well, I don't know how That's magic, an interesting question that technology. I
0: will answer later. Oh. In a very direct way. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> regardless of what he thought was going to happen, he was like, I'm not doing that. So he ran away, um, and Smoke ran away with him. He was like, yeah, I don't want to fuck that. I don't want to be a cyborg. No way. Um, and I think at this point, his older brother, Behan, had already died. Uh, so that was it. And then Cyrax, who was kind of, you know, on the fence, was like, all right, gets turned into a cyborg. And uh, the rest of the Lin Kuei get turned into cyborgs as well. Eventually, they catch up to Smoke, and they turn him into a cyborg. And Kui Lang is still on the run as uh, a sector, Cyrax, and Smoke are now sent out on their first mission, which is to go find Sub-Zero and turn him into a cyborg. Because the Grandmaster's like, uh-uh, no one leaves. Y'all got jumped in. It's blood in, blood out. He's going to get turned into are, a cyborg. Are every single one of the Lin Kuei cyborg ninjas a different color? Uh, you know, it's, it's odd. I've mostly seen it presented as like, there's your main ninjas. You got your yellow Cyrax, your gray Smoke uh grayish bluish more like purple maybe Mm -hmm. smoke um in your red sector and then the rest of them i've seen portrayed as just like gray but i know that in different forms of media we've had different colored cyborgs Mm -hmm. i think in like the web series they had like a teal one named hydro or something so i don't know it's debatable in the most recent game most of them are gray okay yeah they were just like, ah, you're, and you're just like also part of the Lin Kui. Got it. But All the, right. but there's also part of the cyber initiative is, uh, an opportunity to get more members because you could, at that point you could grab anyone off the street. Yeah. Just rip their brains out and rip their brain out a, slap, slap it in a, in a, a robot body, body yeah, no, and no program problem. it. So, uh, but I mean
1: like you still only want the best fighters. You don't just want like me or you off the street or are we programmed to be good fighters in those cyber bodies subsequently.
0: So I've always kind of wondered about that because that was something I thought, like, well, it wouldn't that be the case? Because isn't that the whole point of, like, keeping... I mean, I know when Smoke is a cyborg, he still has his smoke abilities. It's just, like, demon ninja mm. cyborg stuff happening. Um, Kitchen sink in there. Yeah, so so it is a good question of, like, do you... I, I would say maybe the way that it works is that once they've made a few who are, like, the best fighters, they can then turn that into software that they could upload that makes sense yeah and just totally level the playing field because i know that was a big part of the draw for sector was uh oh i can be as good as anyone else we're all going to be the same homogeny yeah he's just uh he
1: he he's uh he's a man of the people
0: yeah i guess i guess it is the that's that line between like uh is that a matter of the redistribution of talent and does that fit into the idea of the redistribution of wealth <laughs> <laughs> that that seems like a no to me, but uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, sometimes I wish I could steal someone's
1: talent. Sure. Just for a little while. Yeah, I mean, just, just for like, like a brief moment. Yeah, just while I'm writing my teaser. Or
0: yeah. First act, and <laughs> second and third act. Yeah. All of it. Sure. The yeah. whole script. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, while all this is happening, while Sector and Cyrax and Smoker sent to go get Sub-Zero, uh, it winds up being pretty interesting timing because... Subsequently, uh, an overlord from another realm, another dimension, this guy named Shao Kahn, uh, decides he's going to invade Earth realm. So while Sector and Cyrax and Smoke are out on this mission trying to find Kui Lang, Kui Lang is being drawn into this conflict with another realm as, like, all of a sudden in, like, Chicago demons and dragons and like centaurs are storming through the streets, like murdering people and stealing their souls for Shao Kahn. And he's like drawn into this war between good and evil. And he's aligned himself with the God who protects earth realm, this guy named Raiden. And so all of a sudden sector is not just up against finding sub zero. It's like, Oh shit. He's like aligned himself with all of the greatest warriors in earth.
1: Oh, so sector is—I mean—on
0: the side of Earthrealm when he gets drawn into this conflict, or sector is he just sort of still trying to do his ambivalent. job? Ambivalent, yeah, yeah. I think for him, it's it's the his allegiance is to the Lin Kuei, and I think they're realm agnostic. Got it. I think they don't care. Like, I think if Earthrealm were to be destroyed tomorrow, they would just align themselves with whoever destroyed it. For them, it's like a it's a corporation and it has no uh, uh, borders. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty fucked. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they sound great. Yeah, they suck. (laughs) At least with this leadership. You know, some things change. So, uh, you know, it was a really difficult time for this mission. And uh, it was a complete clusterfuck. And so amid the chaos uh, of this war, all sorts of shit happens. Smoke gets captured by Shao Kahn um, and, like, decommissioned and put in his, like, trophy room in his palace. Cyrax uh, gets stranded trying to track down Sub-Zero in the middle of a desert in another dimension, an outworld, and then gets found by the U.S. government and reprogrammed (laughs) to be like a government agent. Okay. Yeah, so Sector at this point is like on his own, but he doesn't care. He doesn't have feelings anymore. He's just a cyborg. He's just on the mission. Um, But after a shitload of missions, or sorry, not missions, battles, as he's fighting like various people trying to fight his way to Kui Lang to find Sub-Zero to finish his mission, his software gets like super fucked up. Like, just getting beaten and battered and blasted with fire and lasers and magic and thrown all over the place and traveling to different dimensions.
1: Well, I mean, he was made in the 90s. He still... I mean, we didn't have solid state drives back then. He still had one of those old clunky hard drives. Yeah, Yeah, he's
0: got floppy disks in there. (laughs) It's it's fucked up. So, uh, his software gets, like, corrupted. And all of a sudden, his programming's messed up. And he has a new mission that I would purport was uh, part of his soul uh, projecting, finally, like, kind of, um, I don't know, making its way through the, the corrupt programming. This new mission is to kill the Grand Master and take over the Lin Kuei for himself. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So well. all of a sudden, Sector turns around, books it back to China. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where, what? So he was in, like, Chicago or something? Yeah, you he was, like, flight? in
0: Chicago. Just like, mean, Did he book a
1: flight or did he just run?
0: Uh, I think probably ran through the bottom of the ocean like <laughs> all the way over. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fucking middle I would, America. It would be pretty funny to see
1: him go through security.
0: Yeah. Just
1: dumping open that chest. Yeah. Missile, Do you missile. have anything
0: metal on you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> all of it. everything but the brain and spine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he books it back. He storms into the Lin Kuei, the grandmasters like, Hey, son, how's it? And he just fucking murders his dad. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's pretty quick and easy. Um and takes over the role of the Grand Master, and then he's like, okay, cool. Now all I need is the Dragon Medallion. Where's that at? And he turns around, and who's holding the Dragon Medallion? But Kwai Lang, Sub Zero. Yeah, Sub Zero. He buttoned up the whole Outworld situation. Uh, in the time that Sector was, you know, messed up in the head and and running back to China, he. Continued his alliance with Earth's Heroes. He came up with a new mission. He was like, I've got to save all the other people in the Lin Kuei. The cyborg thing's bad. I have like unfinished business to attend to. And so he came back for the same purpose. To stop the Grand Master and to fuck with Sector and get him I, out of the picture and end the cyber initiative. No,
1: I mean I sort of like I get Sector now because like that sucks, man. Like, yeah. you know, you finally have your, your moment where you realize, oh, I've been kind of shitty. I mean, maybe he didn't realize that. Maybe he just did it for purely ambitious reasons. But regardless, he's like, oh, this is not the way to do it. Yeah.
0: Goes back and Sub-Zero's still fucking him. Yep. Yeah. Man, Just like he literally cannot have anything without Sub-Zero getting in the way. Now, again, all of his goals are uh, pure evil, selfish, shitty things, but he just can't win. No. <laughs> and yeah. it's always this one guy. So uh, so yeah, Sub Zero, who already had cryomancy powers, is now holding the dragon medallion and his cryomancy powers are mad beasts. Showing off. Yeah. And so Sector tries to fight him, but uh he fails. He Sub Zero kicks his ass. Uh he loses. And so Sector is banished. Sub Zero becomes the new grandmaster of the Lin Kuei, and he's like, Well shit, I don't know what to do now. Sub Zero, you know, destroys Does he have free
1: will now? Because like his dad's dead?
0: I, it's I guess it's hard to say, like, what is free will in this scenario? I think he his programming does not have a directive, so he's an artificial. He's like a, a, a he's like a hybrid artificial and biological intelligence.
1: Well, he's almost like um like a Borg that's been separated from uh, the, the hive. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just like he doesn't like uh uh uh. Like, yeah, you
0: know. yeah. He doesn't know like what to do other than I guess. Well. So I guess this does inform what his next choice is. So his last directive that was kind of from malfunctioning software and kind of I think from what his soul desired. His soul is still in mm-hmm. there somewhere because um, it's housed in the spine. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, that. everyone knows that your soul is housed between the left the L three and L four vertebrae <laughs> in your spine. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I think because the directive was kind of like take over the Lin Kuei, create like a cyborg ninja clan and, like, be the leader. He decides to create a new clan of his own that he dubs the Tekunin, Uh that will be a cyborg ninja clan from the ground up. And... Tech startup. This is canon, and I still have no idea why, and part of me honestly wonders if it was just, like, a kind of racist fuck-up. He goes to Japan to do this. I don't know why Japan specifically... I, you'd think China because that's where sector is from and also like where the Lin Kuei is based. But maybe he was just like the Shirai Ryu's gone. That was their territory. I'll just set up shop yeah, over the just, ashes. Yeah, he's, he's filling a void. Yeah. You know,
1: there's a, there's a market for a cyber ninja criminal enterprise in Japan. There wasn't any currently occupying that space and he saw a void and filled it. Makes yeah, sense. he was like, oh, I'm going to go
0: take care of this. Sh- Business I'm head over to Japan. So that's what he did. He went to Japan and he formed the Tekunin whose goal was to create like a virus uh a an ever-growing clan of cyborg ninjas that would be an army that was subservient to Sector. And in the process of doing that, they get all sorts of weird, cool, techie shit, uh up to the point that they have a huge like warship, like a floating sci-fi warship that is like their base of operations. That's cool. Where they're flying around just like kidnapping people, I guess, and and building the cyborg army and developing the technology. With the, I would imagine, eventual goal of taking out the Lin Kuei?
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I guess, like, just sort of assimilate everyone until your numbers are so overwhelming that they wouldn't be able to stand against you, cryomancy or
0: not. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. He's just finally getting what he truly wanted. Uh, Now, as a person who can't truly want anything, they're just, their programming is driving them to do the things.
1: I mean, isn't that just sort of us in general?
0: Yeah, I guess the brain is a computer if, like, you really think about it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: just have yeah. meat meat soft or meat hardware. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just the meat hardware in your head bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> So the Takunins doing their thing. And during that time, a lot of shit's going down between the realms. But similar to the invasion from Outworld, like Sector doesn't care. It's not it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> He's just doing his thing. Um but despite that, uh conflict sort of finds a way to cross anyone with enough power for it to affect them. And then Sector's one of those people. Is this the first character that you've had uh, like, done on
1: the show that is so ambivalent towards this conflict? Because it seems like every other person you've done has had very uh, you know, very singular motivations into as to why they get involved.
0: Yeah, I think Mortal Kombat 3 was the game, t- actually, where things started to expand in a way where like, there were people who didn't necessarily have their hearts in the conflict so much as either because of opportunity or because of... Happenstance; they were drawn into it. So around the time when he was like in his warship, like leading the Tekkunan, and what what game is that around? Uh, this was around the eighth game. <laughs>
1: Jesus, wow, we're zipping through these. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: Sector, like he kind of dipped in and out yeah. of the games at different. Is he points. not in every
1: one of them past three? No, no. he's
0: in like three, and then, mm, maybe seven, and then I think I think he's in like a. Uh, he's in Mortal Kombat Gold, I think, which is, like, the Dreamcast version of MK4, where they, like, just added a few mm-hmm. extra characters. But, yeah, he his story has always been, like, pretty distanced from everyone else's. His goals have just been so arbitrary to, like, the uh, apocalyptic scales yeah. of every other war. But he did eventually get drawn into a literally apocalyptic battle, and that's kind of where he was at the point that he was in his warship. Like, he Got was it. floating around and all of a sudden crossed paths with a demigod, this guy named Taven, who was receiving miss- missives from his deceased father, this guy Argus, who is the god in charge of protecting the realm of Edenia, which is a long dead realm. Taven's been like cryogenically frozen for millennia until this prophecy was ready to occur. And so like he's on his own little like mission that involves like bringing about the apocalypse or stopping it one way or the other. And is he a a playable character? He is a playable character in in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Okay. He's like the protagonist of that game, or one of the protagonists of that game. Um, And so uh, he kind of like by happenstance, while receiving these missives, crosses paths with the Tecunin with Sektor. And Sektor is just, as an ambitious cyborg, is like, all right, what the fuck was that missive? Are you communing with a god? What are you planning? And how do I get it? And so he kind of like tries to interrogate uh, this guy, Taven, uh, but nothing really comes of it. And then his ship gets like attacked by another airship from the U.S. government that the team that like uh, kind of inherited Cyrax. <laughs> so like his old ally, who's like basically an interdimensional cop for the U.S. government now. And is this with like Sonya, those yeah, types? Yeah, he's with Sonya yeah. and with Jax. They're like attacking Sector because they've kind of been in a long time rivalry with the Takunin. Because they're really. like, well, you shouldn't exist we don't need interdimensional assassins, especially not cyborgs. I mean, I don't think God assassins are in the
1: best interests of any world government.
0: No. And they're also like a virus that's kind yeah. of spreading and that they are absorbing human beings to make cyborgs. So it's like, yeah, it's maybe. in the jurisdiction of an interdimensional government, uh, yeah. paramilitary yeah. group might yeah.
1: be considered terrorists. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would say so. I'd say Tekken in for sure terrorists. So, uh, so, you know, Sonya and Cyrax show up and they attack sector and Taven gets away and, at the end of this conflict, what Sector kind of does learn is that there is an impending uh, war. And it's because Taven is a part of this prophecy um, that a pyramid is going to rise in the middle of like the Adenian desert, and at the top of this pyramid, the pyramid of Argus, an elemental, this like beyond a god-like being, a pure fire, will appear at the top of this pyramid. And whoever kills this godlike being will absorb the power of the one being, basically, which is like the oldest and most powerful being in existence. The one being created the elder gods, created the gods, created the world. So the world is just a piece of the one being. So um, you would essentially be the most powerful being that ever existed. So Sector hears about that and is like, yeah, I want, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so he does participate in the Battle of Armageddon at the okay. f- base of this pyramid where anyone you've ever heard of in Mortal Kombat shows up either to get this power or to stop someone evil from getting this power. Sector obviously fights on the side of evil. Um, and as is as is part of Sector's history, he does not get anywhere close to, to the top what of the pyramid. What are you talking pyramid. about? He, I mean, he's everything's equal now. He should be at the top. He should. Unfortunately, he didn't cyberize enough people. Oh, God. So, you know, a sorcerer or uh, a, a centaur or a dragon man <sighs> impales or him or rips his head off yeah. and he dies on that pyramid. Um, and then something happens. The last two people to get to the top of the pyramid are Raiden, the god in charge of protecting Earth, and Shao Kahn, uh, the god who was in charge of protecting Outworld, became its emperor and has been trying to conquer all the other realms. So the last two people that are up there uh, and Raiden's about to die at Shao Kahn's hands. He's about to become the most powerful being in, in history. And so Raiden, in a last-ditch effort, sends a message back in time to his young self to try to change history so Shao Kahn will not win. Unfortunately, the message he sends back is, he must win, which is way too fucking vague. Yeah. That's and, so, a- <laughs> and so
1: very Raiden's much- Raiden's not good at this god shit, is he?
0: No, he's not. Yeah. He's not good. <laughs> and so very much in the vein of Star Trek, uh, it creates a branching timeline in which familiar events happen, but in a very new way. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that timeline, things go uh, pretty, pretty differently. Ask for all sector. <laughs> not, not too different. Does he? Does He's he get out from the same shadow old of the sector? Father? Um, you could say that. Huh. That happens huh. technically. Te- yeah. Okay. Let's talk okay. about it. Yeah. So in this new timeline. Uh, the idea of the cyber initiative, because of, you know, a butterfly effect, the idea of the cyber initiative happens a, much, a lot earlier. And, uh, just to double back a little bit. So if it was Mortal Kombat three where the cyber initiative became a thing,, um, in this timeline, Sector and Cyrax have become so involved with the concept of Mortal Kombat tournaments, like, which just to catch you up real quick are, the tournaments that are fought uh, to decide whether or not realms can invade each other. Mm-hmm. There's like a very, the first Mortal Kombat game is all about the 10th tournament that'll decide whether or not Outworld can finally invade Earthrealm. It takes place on Sha- Shang Tsung's Island and uh, who's gonna win? So uh, in the original timeline, the Lin Kuei are not super involved in that. bi Han is sent to kind of like be an emissary of the mm-hmm. Lin Kuei, but that's kind of it. In this timeline, Cyrax and Sector and I think... Possibly also Bihan and Kui-Lang and smoke. There, plenty of Lin Kuei ninjas are sent there because Shang Tsung hired the Lin Kuei to go to this tournament and kill any of the Earthrealm warriors that they could to kind of like thin the ranks. <laughs> so literally, the and, Grandmaster. But this is like pre-cyberizing. This is pre-cyberizing. So in so that... we, we get to spend some time with Human Sector in this in, in Mortal Kombat Nine in the oh, reboot cool. game. Oh, cool! Yeah, a, a lot of time with him actually. Yeah. So is like what what sort of moves does he have? Um, he has like a kind of proto version of the Sector suit. He can do flamethrower stuff. He can do. Oh, okay, so he's... it's like Iron Man three when he's got like just the gauntlet and just the like foot one foot jet. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So okay. he's like a ninja who has like a couple of cyber augmentations. So he's he can wearing see his armor. Yeah. Exactly. You can see that they're like a ninja clan that has used technology to their advantage, Got it. but hasn't gone full cyborg yet. But yeah, so in this timeline, you know, Shang Tsung, the sorcerer who's representing Outworld comes to the grand master and Dissector and is like, Hey, listen, there's one more tournament to go. Mortal combat wise. Uh, we're hoping to take over earth realm. Do you want to like sell out your whole realm and like help us do that? We'll pay you handsomely. And then you can just like, you know, be a part of Outworld. We'll keep hiring you for shit. Who cares? And they were like, yeah, great. Who cares about humanity? Go for it. <laughs> so they send Sector and they send Cyrax and they send, uh, you know, a few more Linkway Ninjas uh, to the tournament. So where we kind of catch up with Sector in this new timeline, he's at the Mortal Kombat tournament hanging out with Cyrax. And they're kind of having a debate about the cyber initiative, which was mentioned like shortly before they went. Like they both know that it's in the works and they're in the midst of trying to decide whether to do it. Sector's like, yeah, I think we should do it. It's going to be great. And Cyrax is like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ready to like let go of my humanity. Um, <laughs> just a
1: casual conversation over coffee between friends. Yeah, you know, just... he's
0: like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to put my brain and spine in a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll decide after this tournament, yeah. if we survive. Yeah, it's <laughs> not... Yeah I mean, We'll sleep on it We'll sleep on it We'll give we'll give it a couple of days Or the end of the world We'll see what happens After this tournament yeah. There might not be an Earth And then who cares uh, So <laughs> At this tournament um, You know a few Like big things happen For Sektor uh, He comes across Scorpion The most famous Of the Shirai Ryu ninjas And this is after The Shirai Ryu Have been slaughtered So Scorpion's now Like an undead Ninja Of vengeance And he walks up to Sektor And is like Hey dude Fuck you you killed my family Your clan killed my family Where's Sub-Zero I heard he was the one to do it I'm gonna fucking kick your ass And Sector is like Sector literally like Talks shit about Scorpion To his face Like with Cyrax They're like Hey look at this dumb dead guy And his dumb dead family <laughs> Stupid skull head <laughs> Yeah and so uh, Scorpion beats the shit Out of both of them uh, After that Cyrax is like Yeah I don't know If the Lin Kuei are good I don't know if the Cyber Initiative Is a good idea <laughs> I'm having second thoughts. I think I'm going to leave the Lin Kuei. So Sector's like, "What the hell, dude? I thought we were friends." <laughs> so Cyrax's ideals are like paper thin. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot to like yeah. change Cyrax's mind <laughs> at all. All
1: right. But
0: well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I understand why this would be a line in the sand.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, getting your ass kicked by like a a demon ninja. Is... who says
0: you killed my my child my and my yeah. wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. So uh he Cyrax is like I'm going to leave. Sector is like you can't. They fight. Sector fights like his one kind of friend in the world. Um Cyrax beats him up and then leaves the clan <laughs> Sector sucks. Yeah, Sector just like can't. He's not uh, he just can't win. He just can't win. No. And nor uh, should he. I mean, he he sucks. He's a bad person, yeah. but also you got to feel for the guy. Yeah, no, he keeps trying. Oh, he's, he, he was born in the shadow of other people. There's mm. he's never at any point been felt important. Yeah, and his goals have been screwed up from the beginning because his dad was like, "Welcome to the world, my little assassin." <laughs> <laughs> so you know he never really had a shot. That then, uh, then again, there are other people around him ringing alarms and saying, "Hey, dude, this is bad, and we should not do it." And he's like, mm, "I'm yeah. brainwashed." <laughs> yeah, I think I mean he's pretty he's pretty deep in it. I think he's yeah. uh. I think he's pretty beyond help. It'd be hard to argue that he's not the victim of abuse and that that's not where a lot of this comes from. But at the same time, he is is at no point willing to change. Well,
1: he's 100% perpetuating that cycle of abuse. Yes, he
0: is. So, you know, what are you going to do, I guess? Why does a grandmaster get to have kids, by the way? (laughs) Oh yeah,
1: because like no one else in the the clan can have family. Maybe yeah. he was grandfathered in. Maybe he had had that kid before. And
0: they made that rule. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's possible. I guess it would also be possible that he was like, I'm gonna like bear a child through some fucked up. Because we never meet Sectors mom. That's true. So it's possible that he was like, I'm gonna do something real fucked up to make a kid so that I have someone who's completely loyal to me and who's like my uh ear cuz he's definitely a paranoid guy the grandmaster so mm. i guess it would be possible that he was like i'm going to make a child so that i have someone who has to love me and has to That's be how loyal it works. to me yeah i yeah all children <laughs> love their parents unconditionally yeah no conditions <laughs> so uh anyway sector gets his ass beat by cyrax then he hears that sub zero and smoke have also defected <laughs> over the cyber initiative <laughs> And he's like, what the hell? Wait, Sub-Zero
1: defected to the cyber initiative? Or defected or, sorry, from? sorry, defected
0: from the oh, Lin Kuei okay. because of the cyber initiative. Got it, okay. So at this point, Sector's like the only one left in it. And he's like, fuck this. Gets turned into a cyborg. The other Lin Kui get turned into cyborgs, and they get sent out on their mission. So now in this timeline, Sector is like alone mm-hmm. in carrying the banner for the cyber initiative and goes to personally hunt down Cyrax and Smoke and Sub-Zero. He successfully turns Cyrax into a cyborg. He successfully finds Smoke and tries to cyberize him. But in this timeline, Smoke and Sub Zero have become friends with Raiden and the good guy team. And so Raiden kind of like personally says, fuck off to the other cyborgs and, uh, you know, beats on Sector and his friends. And it, Smoke it, is.
1: Is Smoke like, yeah, Raiden, I'm good.
0: I, <laughs> I don't. You, no, you, don't, Smoke have a good, you don't have a good track record. Smoke's like, thanks, dude. Oh, okay. Because And it works out because in this timeline, Smoke never becomes a cyborg. Oh. So right. he's saved. He doesn't become one. Uh, and then they try to get Sub-Zero during another Mortal Kombat tournament that takes place in Outworld that uh, Shao Kahn is presiding over. They catch up to Kui Lang. Quai uh, Lang, like, I think, loses a fight. And Sector uh, approaches Shao Kahn and says, listen, the Lin Kuei will pledge themselves to you as your personal like assassins if you allow us to take Sub-Zero. Which, I gotta say, I don't know if the Grand Master was on board with that offer, but I think for Sector, like his plan, his, his programming was just get Sub-Zero and turn him into a cyborg. So uh, he makes that offer, and Shao Kahn's like, yeah, deal. <laughs> <laughs> take him. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And so in this timeline, Kui Lang does become a cyborg. Oh, and smoke doesn't. Wait, I'm sorry. Kwai Lang is is Sub Zero, the Sub Zero we mostly know as Sub Zero younger brother.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is he like a like a light blue robot? Like he is. is. Do we play as him as a robot in the game? We do. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Cyber Sub Zero, huh. and uh, and he has his ice powers still. So oh, to answer your question, question I guess like your soul might be the source of your cryomancy. Stored in, in your world? spine. Yeah. As we established. That's good. Yeah. Well, so the cryomancy is stored between the seventh and eighth vertebrae. Uh, yeah. That's why not everyone has it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, they do. They successfully turn Cyber Sub into a uh, cyborg and Sector gets kind of what he wants and that at least the person he was most jealous of is now only as good as he is. But I mean, arguably, wouldn't he be better because he is a cyber ninja with also cryomancy? Yeah, probably that bum sector out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh shit, I just made this guy more powerful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Good. He probably wasn't like super psyched on that.
1: (laughs) No, he doesn't seem like he
0: has a lot of forethought. No, no, he's, no, no. he's a one, he's a one command at a time kind of guy. Yeah, you got to tell him what to do for him to do it. Uh, so, all that said, Sector and Sub-Zero are now on the same team. Maybe That's for the first prince. time ever. Oh, the two cyborgs that are out on a mission because right after Shao Kahn is like, yeah, you're my part of my army now, he's like, and it's time to invade Earthrealm. So in this timeline, the cyborg ninjas are part of the, like, Centaur Dragon Army that is God. sent into the streets of Chicago <laughs> to just start murdering people and taking their souls. Um, and Sub-Zero and Sector are, like, partnered up going out on these missions to, like, go and and uh, help Shao Kahn, you know, find Raiden's heroes and kill them and steal souls. And uh, while on one of their missions, Sector scans Sub-Zero's neural net and sees that his programming is off. So he uh, confronts him about it, and Sub-Zero reveals that outside of Sector's purview, Sub-Zero was freed of his uh, mind control, his programming, regained his uh, free thought and has been ap- operating as like a double agent for Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> so Sector's like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: <laughs> can't win.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he can't. And so they fight. <laughs> uh, the rest of the Lin Kuei attack Sub-Zero and they attack Raiden's friends. Um, but the Lin Kuei are very easily repelled. And a lot of them are killed.
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, I feel for like famed God assassins. They, they don't seem very competent. They were way in better practice. as humans. Yeah,
0: like, like way, way better. Yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't seem like a good move. The cyborg thing was a huge mistake, yeah. like the biggest mistake <laughs> yeah. ever. But it was a mistake. Like Sector was willing to drag everyone else down if it meant that he uh, could ha- continue to have privilege, which again is why it feels to me like <laughs> there are several real world. Uh, analogies you could draw yeah yeah i mean uh
1: that that first one you made early on really uh really starts to sing true now Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh so um it just gets immensely more depressing as you
0: go on yeah 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 (laughs) so sector does not get slaughtered in that uh event he escapes and uh escapes to do all the things that we saw him do in the first timeline. He murders his dad. He takes over the Lin Kuei. But in this timeline, uh, Sub-Zero was actually killed shortly after Sector and the team left. So Sector gets to live for a time in a world without Sub-Zero um, and gets to be the Grandmaster of the Lin Kuei. He relocates to them to some, like, crazy mines. Um... <laughs> Where he creates like a foundry, uh, where he's like creating more and more cyborg ninjas, and kind of getting to live his dream, um, for a while. <laughs> uh, for a while. Yeah, they've advanced to the point in these minds where they've mastered cloning too, which is a part of a lot of like, <laughs> Mortal Kombat lore. Usually, it's through magic. Yeah. Um. Maybe because of his time with Shang Tsung. Sector figured out some of that magic and turned it into science. Oh, so these are like magic clones or these are science magic it's clones? It's never super clear. Got it's it. probably science clones, but it might be science that they like figured out because of the magic they'd already witnessed. Got it. Like at this point Sector had at least already seen some form of cloning happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're making a lot of Lin Kuei cyborg clones. It's going great.
1: Wait, so are they just cloning bodies now and then ripping the spines and brains out and putting them into cyber bodies?
0: I don't know. Because, like, they wouldn't might, it just they be, like, be more efficient to just, like, use spines. some stem cells
1: to grow a brain
0: and spine and then just slap that in instead of growing a whole body? Well, it's possible they're cloning both. Like, they're making reproductions of the bodies over here and clones of the brain spines over there and just, like, putting them together in yeah. the middle. Um... You know, they're doing all sorts of cool evil robot ninja shit. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like you do when you're
1: cool evil robot ninja.
0: Yeah, until they find out that Sub Zero has been resurrected (laughs) as a human being again. Uh Yeah, like you do. The first thing he wants to do is go back there and free free his Lin Kuei brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he does. He storms the mines. He uploads some kind of software to the mainframe that like controls all of the Lin Kuei cyborg ninjas. And then Sector captures him is like, "What the fuck did you do? What was it?" And Cyrax is there too, he's still a cyborg. And they're, you know, torturing Sub-Zero trying to figure out like what he uploaded as they're trying to get rid of the software. Uh, and they realize at the very last second um, that the software was designed to free the minds of the Lin Kuei. And uh, just before Sector shuts it down, Cyrax's mind is freed. And so Cyrax and Sub-Zero, for the first time in decades at this point, uh, team up and fuck up the Lin Kuei shit, uh, and Sub-Zero... I think Sector says something as he's, like, blasting a flamethrower. He's like, the the velocity and heat that I am able to make these flames uh, cannot be defeated by your cryomancy or something. (laughs) And Sub-Zero's response to that is to walk right through the fire, pull out two swords, slice off Sector's arms... And then flip over him, grab his head, and pull his head off.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: And that is the end of Sector uh, in that timeline at that moment. <laughs> okay.
1: So this is. And I'm trying to remember because I've I've I I have been diligent about listening. So there was the original timeline, mm-hmm. then there's the he must win timeline. Yeah. And then there's and then the, the
0: Titan of Time comes down right. to make okay. her ideal timeline, and it kind of mashes... Everything. Not those two timelines together, but it, it it like folds this new timeline in on itself. Got it. So here's what happens. So Sector's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before time gets all screwy once more, one more thing happens to Sector's body. Sub-Zero reforms the Lin Kuei, a human clan again, but he keeps Sector's like brains so that he has all of that... History that Sector witnessed kind of like Available because he doesn't want people to forget history mm-hmm. And what happens when he has that Is he calls up Scorpion who's also been Resurrected as a human man again And he says I know that The Sherryu and the Lin Kuei hate each other And that we've always hated each other but I need to show you Something and so Scorpion Very tentatively comes to the Lin Kuei And he shows Scorpion and Sector's memory banks A video of Quan Chi Being like I will murder the Shirai Ryu and that guy Scorpion and Scorpion's family uh, for you, like Sektor and the Grand Master, And he's like, the Lin Kuei weren't all about this. It was just these two guys. I had nothing to do with killing your family. I just needed to prove that to you. And so <laughs> Sector's legacy uh, in that timeline is that he, thanks to his memory banks, the Shirai Ryu and the Lin Kuei become allies for the first time ever. And wow. Scorpion and Sub-Zero become f- truly friends. It, this sort of like twists and folds in these people's stories.
1: Like I'm, I'm constantly surprised at how surprised I am at like. I mean, like that's like actually like a really cool final arc to yeah. someone who just like caused so much misery. Is that their, you know, their sort of crime is the thing that sort of heals this, yeah, nine game long wound.
0: The fact, the the, yeah, the fact that that the, the, the Shiryu and the Lin Kuei would have never been allies, if this year if score, the Shiryu had not been slaughtered and then that crime hadn't been revealed as having happened and and so was that uh, yeah. was that
1: just um, retconning in a sense when as they were writing it because they never really filled in the details that it was in that moment they revealed oh it never was the um, Lin Kuei it was Quan Chi the entire time
0: no it was always Quan Chi like okay. it's been Quan Chi since well, since think, he was
1: introduced as a character
0: yes since like Mortal Kombat mythologies sub zero which came out before Mortal Kombat 4 so it was the next okay. game after MK3
1: was that one of the like adventure games?
0: Yeah, it was. It was like a two D side scrolling action adventure thing. Not good though, right? No. Okay. Good story though. Great yeah. story, just bad game. <laughs> so, um, so that was Sector's legacy for a while. For a few years, that was kind of all that had happened. Um, and really, like decades had passed at this point since Sector had died. And then Chronica. The Titan of Time. Oh, so, before we get into that one question yeah. about reforming the way. Yes.
1: was he doing it with like was he saving these cyber people? So is he basically swapping out no. their their their?
0: I think they were just dead.
1: Okay, I so think he wasn't was just like putting them back in the computers. Recruiting a new
0: generation. Yeah, they'd be kind of tight though if he was like Frankensteining. <laughs> now we're Frankenstein just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, now I want that to be a thing. Mortal Kombat Twelve. Yeah, it could happen. Um, so Kronika, the Titan of Time, comes down to Earth realm. The Titans are like they predate uh, like the Elder Gods, the Gods. They they control like metaphysical concepts. And so she's pissed that Raiden made this new timeline. It's not the way things are supposed to be. Um, she's going to create a new era, a new timeline that's uh, right. But she has to physically go to like an island to like do a bunch of magic there. And she knows that Raiden and all of his allies are going to try to stop her. So she's like, all right, I need like an army to protect me. So one of the things that she does is pull Sector right after he'd been turned into a cyborg into the future, our his future, our present, and says, hey, I need you to make an army of cyborg ninjas and you're going to be my subservient army. And I'll make a new era in which you get everything you ever wanted. A new era where you become the leader of the, of the Lin Kuei. Um, cyborg, no cyborg, doesn't matter to me. Uh, you'll get what you want. And Sector's like, you got it. I'm your slave. Which he loves doing. Classic Sector. Sector sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like really sucks. No problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, on the one hand, he's like, hey, I get to be, uh, I get what I wanted. I get the life I wanted. This timeline's wrong. She said so. And obviously I feel that way because I'm dead. And also the Shirai Ryu and Lin Kuei are friends, which like my entire worldview is about that not being the case. So, this makes sense to me.
1: I mean, yes, for him. I yeah. just... I, I just... It continues down the theme of sector sucking.
0: Yeah, objectively bad, subjectively. Yeah, if someone came to you tomorrow and was like, I can create a timeline where all the bad things that happened to you never happened, and it'll be more just. You'd be like, what do you need me to do? And it, and I also think like it's easy to get into a mentality in that space that's pretty crazy, where you're like, hey, I mean doesn't matter who I kill then in this timeline. This whole timeline is going to go away. None of it's real and none of it matters. The real timeline just hasn't happened yet. So he's just Something like... freeing to that. Yeah, there is. So he's just like, all right, I'm doing this. So uh, he creates like this new foundry and, and actually gets... So they go... He starts creating some cyber ninjas. Then they go to the Lin Kuei, the new Lin Kuei that Sub-Zero just like formed over the last few years. And kidnap all of the Lin Kuei ninjas... <laughs> while Sub-Zero's like out of town (laughs) and turn them all into cyborgs. So Sub-Zero's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Again! And part of the way that they do it is via Sub-Zero's greatest apprentice, this girl Frost. She's always been really um, ambitious, but she's like the daughter he never had. She's like his second in command. She's like gonna be the next Grandmaster after him, maybe. Except he, in a similar like, you know, in Last Jedi, Luke is like, I thought Kylo Ren would be the best, but now I fear that I see too much darkness in him and is like, maybe he shouldn't be the leader, maybe I should kill him. So uh, that's kind of what's happening with Frost at this point. Like, Sub-Zero sees that Frost is too ambitious, that she hates the Shirai Ryu, even though they're allies now, because she's so much drunk the Kool-Aid of, like, the history of the Lin Kuei. So he's like, I don't think she should be the leader. So she turns on the Lin Kuei and, like, helps Sector and is like make me a cyborg. Let's get all these other Linquate idiots, make them cyborgs. And then one day I'll be the grandmaster after you. And he's like, you got it, dude. So huge betrayal for sub zero <laughs> really sucks for him. And sectors back, back in business of making cyborg ninjas. He's doing his thing. And the only people left to stand up to him are the newly united team of sub zero and scorpion. <laughs> these two enemies from sectors past these two people he's wronged horribly. And it,
1: is this original Sub Zero? Because this is the this is the jumbled this timeline, is or
0: still the Sub Zero we mostly know? Sub Zero, Kwai Lang, Kui the Lang. little brother, and Scorpion, and they're both humans again, and they've they're kind of like older men now who've like been friends for a long time, but still have their powers, and so they go and storm this facility and go on this cool mission where they're like, "All right, let's get rid of these ninjas, cyborg ninjas, none of this," and they confront Sector, and he fights them uh and is like it's disgusting that you guys are friends this is all wrong um and they don't give a shit and they uh beat the hell out of sector mm-hmm. and pretty much destroy him and leave after destroying most of the other cyborg ninjas, too. I feel like for a game called Mortal Kombat, a lot of people in this game just
1: beat each other up and leave each other for dead. Yeah, when uh, they and should probably the make sure. Th- yeah, like, like really just finish the, has finished the, job. the last like,
0: time. A lot of these problems would be solved by d- actually killing yeah. someone. Double tap, you know? Use, just, use <laughs> your fatality. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, they do. I mean, I think, at this point, Sector is, like, dead. Yeah. But they don't, like, take the pieces with them or burn them. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, Kano, a, like another person on Team Kronika, that she, a mercenary that she like hired, he like finds the pieces, and he's like a super techie guy because mm. he's an arms dealer and like deals with a lot of cybernetic shit. So she's like, "Hey, could you rebuild that Sector for me?" And so <laughs> Kano does, and Sector is like back in business again in his cyborg body, and he's like, "Let's do this." And so he and Kano then go on another mission for Kronika, there, she's like, well, my army's ruined, but at least I'll send you on mission, Sector. So she sends them to the base of the uh, U.S. Special Forces, that same government team that had like teamed with Cyrax in the other timeline, where Sonia Blade is and Johnny Cage. They go there to try to fuck up those good guys. And uh, while they're there, Kano like succeeds in kidnapping who he wanted to. And then Sector's like, cool, let's get out of here. And Kano's like, yeah, cool, one second. And he presses like a button on this thing. And basically self-destruct Sector as like a bomb to blow up the base as they're leaving. So Sector is literally reduced to just being a bomb. <laughs> That's you his think, final act? It's his final act is to <laughs> explode and destroy this like U.S. government base.
1: What, um... Is one of his fatalities in one of the games a self destruct? Yeah. Uh, that maybe, yeah. Yeah. I think Cyrax though. might
0: also have that.
1: I, yeah. One of them drops a bunch of bombs in three and it blows up the whole world. Is, is
0: that smoke? I think that's Cyrax.
1: Oh, yeah, probably is Cyrax because he's the one that spit out the bombs. Yeah, the right?
0: line is always really blurry between Cyrax and Sector because neither of them has like supernatural powers. Yeah. So Sector's stuff is a little more boring in that it's mostly like laser pistol, laser sword, and like sometimes machines that come out of his body mm-hmm. and like crush people up. Uh, Cyrax is the guy who's more like grenades Net. and green lasers and like all that stuff. So I forget which is which, but yeah, at the end of the day, Sector is used as a bomb to blow up a base died in order to lived. serve Kronika, who then ultimately I... fails. She erases the timeline, but never doesn't survive to create the new timeline where Sector gets what he wants. So that suicide, not really, suicide, murderous act where he died as a bomb, uh, ultimately didn't even get him what he wanted. Because now Liu Kang, who's one of Raiden's greatest champions, is gonna be in charge of creating a new timeline, and there's absolutely no way he's gonna be like, first off, Sector's gotta have a good life.
1: I, I just like I feel like he would just be like, you know, let's just omit that whole sector business altogether.
0: Yeah, probably like, let's just not do it. Probably. I would.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it just seems like just a bad thing to reintroduce into the mix.
0: Yeah, so that is uh that is the saga of Sector. He was a guy who was uh born into the privilege of being the son of the grandmaster of one of the greatest assassination clans in the world. And for a while he was on top, you know, he was taking out his rivals. He was on track to be the next grandmaster, but his jealousy, uh, and desperation to be number one led to him making the fatal mistake of allowing himself to be turned into a cyborg. And, uh, that mistake repeated itself over and over as time (laughs) repeated itself. Pretty much every choice leads back to that one. Yeah. It's a bad one. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, so I think
1: I'd like to amend my earlier thing about wanting to turn into a cyborg uh, for the benefit of Vince <laughs> Gilligan, because it sounds like it just turns out pretty bad for everyone. Sure.
0: Lessons were learned. Really, yeah. this episode is all about teaching you that it you shouldn't covet a cyborg body that gives you everything you want. It's a monkey's <sighs> paw. You don't God, want that. But when that. you say it like that, it sounds so great. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe bionic body is more what we okay. should be aiming for, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, enhance what we already have, mm-hmm. but don't uh, wholesale turn me into something else. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a that's a it's a good middle ground. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like the second that they put out like the i-arm, I'm definitely going to get it. The yeah. the Apple Cyborg arm. Yeah. Any last thoughts on Sector before we we wrap things up? Oh man, I mean it's just like <sighs>
1: I want to say that his story is tragic, but it's really not. I mean, it's almost like, actually, have you watched Uncut Gems yet? Yeah. It's sort of like that. It's like yeah. you're watching just this downward spiral of a man, and every choice he makes is the wrong one. Yeah,
0: he's a mistake machine. Yeah. And uh, it never works out for him or anyone in his. So Adam Sandler should play him in the movie. Oh, man. I'd be psyched if Adam Sandler played Sector in the movie. Yeah. be, good. be tight. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, well, that's huh. a wrap on all sector, but uh before we finish up, of course, as you know, since you listen to the show, there's one segment left on the show, and that is choose your destiny. Ah. Carlos, knowing what you know about the world of Mortal Kombat, the various realms, the various peoples and cyborgs that exist within it, uh, who would you be? What would you be? What would your powers be? Who would you align yourself with? What's your fatality? Who would Carlos Cisco be in the world of Mortal Kombat?
1: So, you know, I uh I had been thinking about this in preparation of coming up here and then I just like, you know, nothing no, nothing came to me immediately, but um I, I actually had a couple questions like I, I mean, I know generally what the the distinction of, you know, a necromancer versus other types of uh, magic users, but in this like I've you know, I've heard the term warlock and sorcerer. Like what are the yeah. distinctions between these things in in
0: in the world of Mortal Kombat? It seems like the distinction is just what you specialize in. Got so it. like Shang Tsung is generally just called a sorcerer, but mm-hmm. mostly what he does is uh, steal souls to become a stronger fighter himself physically, and then also uh, take the form of the people and the fighting abilities of the people who, whose souls he's taken. That's like Shang Tsung's deal. Mm-hmm. And he's just called sorcerer a lot of the time. Okay, so it's just um, shorthand for some sort of magic yeah. user. Quan Chi, the most prominent necromancer in the world of Mortal Kombat, he is from the Nether Realm. He lives in the Nether Realm, which is where you know demons and the undead and souls exist. Um, and most of the magic he does is raising the dead to form armies for himself. There's another prominent necromancer, um, uh, the dragon King Onaga. And his whole thing was like, he had armies and the only magic he really did was about raising those armies from the dead over and over again. So you couldn't kill them. So he was an unstoppable force. Got it. So, um, I think like you can do other magic. Mm-hmm. You don't have to choose, but it's more like what you specialize in. Got it.
1: Well, I mean, I think... You know, for for me, just thinking about who I would be, um, I I would see getting involved in this sort of um, this sort of a a long term entanglement as um, pretty terrifying ordeal, and so I would probably be someone who would be um, uh, seeking a short route to power. Sure. Um, so uh, whether it is finding some god or, you know, uh, supernatural being that I can make a bargain with mm-hmm. uh, for said power or um, uh, sort of maybe con into siphoning some of that off, I think that that would sort of be... I think more than likely I would come from Earth realm because okay. I would see this whole conflict coming here and be like, uh, yeah, I'm not ready for this.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I need... So- so you're just like a pretty normal dude. Are you aware of the various dimensions? in this I don't scenario? think I
1: would be until okay. I had sort of uh, probably. we'll say I was in Chicago mm-hmm. when uh, you know yeah. a centaur um, stepped on your car it, and broke my leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, and so I think that that uh, you know in that in that moment uh, I uh, I was uh, I, I probably went searching for answers. Um, led me down some pretty uh, uh, dark paths. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some paths that I I probably didn't really um like sector read the fine print on right. um and okay. uh, so probably I probably bargained with a demon or
0: like uh, a quanchi type yeah like yeah. someone
1: from the nether realm someone Shinnok,
0: the 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 elder god fallen elder god who lives in the nether realm yeah he's always trying to broker deals absolutely yeah I think Shinnok would be a,
1: yeah he would be a perfect one for that and I think um but it was one where I realized oh by getting this power, I'm now uh, bound to this person. Mm, And mm -hmm. um, that's not something I'm really all about. Uh, So it's more... I I think that I would probably be uh, on the side of Earth, um, but being sort of forced into a subservient right. role for this uh, much <laughs> much greater power until I can find a way to free myself from that.
0: You're, so you're like a regretful superpowered demon-infused being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm really sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really. What kind of powers are you being granted in this scenario? Um,
1: let's see. Like, so let's. I mean, I I, I don't want to like double dip. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who fling fire. Uh, a lot well, a lot of like elemental powers out there. So I think some sort of, I don't know, maybe, maybe something having to do with like, uh, I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of like earth sort of like ground powers yeah. or any, like, you know, so I think maybe sort of like command over the natural elements around me in terms of like, like minerals and rocks and, and, yeah. and metals and stuff like that. But, um, so more that they can, uh, um, again, in that, in that way of, uh, uh, forming, like, shields and weapons for me so that I don't have to necessarily fight. Of course, so, yeah. you know, like, summoning a big <laughs> fist of rock or something out of the ground to punch someone. <laughs> okay, um, okay. And, right. uh... Well, fa- fatality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, uh... I mean, something where, <laughs> uh, uh... You know, forming, like, a, a prison of, like, crystals or mm-hmm. something that is, like, progressively growing inward on someone until they're just pierced... You know from the outside yeah. in yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and just you know Shit. blood. that's blood good so it's out.
0: like the minerals in their body or you're conjuring them from no
1: that would probably be like i would just be like it would be erupting from the ground and oh, like surrounding pull them pull like, mineral from the ground and yeah. then that, that would be pretty like cool, cool to like start multiplying the iron in someone's blood that's until... what i was gonna say like a magneto thing yeah
0: or yeah all of a sudden the iron in their blood is it turns into just a spike that bursts through their heart mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah, so I think something like that, like controlling uh, okay. minerals, being able to like manipulate their form and transmute yeah. it and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, just a mineral guy. Yeah, mineral dude. M- Great. Mineral man. Great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's very specific. I like it. I like the I like the conjuring a mineral weapon within someone to, to, <laughs> to murder them. <laughs> yeah. And then being like, "I'm sorry, I don't wish to serve the dark this lord Shenoff." This is not the path that it I wanted to It is simply the path I walked. <laughs> I chose. There were two paths Lied before me, and I chose. I chose the wrong one. <laughs> just always. I, I, strive I mean, it's a to lot like sector. Except light. I'm
1: regretful about the whole thing. I just don't know how to get out of yeah. it.
0: Yeah, you're like this was an oopsie. And yeah, yeah. Okay, pretty good. Uh, well, Carlos, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was uh, a lot of fun. If people and they will uh, want more Carlos Cisco in their <laughs> lives, where can they find it? Uh, I mean, what, are you, and what
1: are you working on? What can people enjoy? So, uh, as I said, um, uh, well, I'm at, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter at at Carlos underscore Cisco, and that's like San Francisco without the San Fran, so C-I-S-C-O. Um, and uh, I mean, right now I'm, uh, I'm I'm currently on hiatus, so uh, I'm more just working on my personal stuff. I have a, another d d adventure that'll be coming out in, uh, I believe, April. Mm-hmm. And then I'm writing a gazetteer, which is more like a, uh, a location guide for like an entire realm, uh, which Whoa. is going to be like up to 2,500 words or something like
0: that. So it's going to be like a, it's like, so you're going to develop a world that people can play D and D. Yeah. So
1: there's a, um, there's a realm called Ravenloft, which mm-hmm. is sort of the Gothic horror, um, oh, uh, D yeah. uh, thing. And it, they're all separated into these little pocket realms that are each run by a dark Lord. And um, well, they all have very just specific like punishments uh, that they're <laughs> surrounding, and so um, mine is a, a sea-based one. So Great. It's a lot of
0: Cthulhu kind of
1: uh, m- more like uh, like perpetual piracy and conflict with mm. no land or resources to fight over, other than whatever new ships oh. come in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's a that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it, it I mean most of these Ravenloft places are are horrible places that yeah. no like player would ever rightfully want to visit, but DMs it's fun. I'm going to play a campaign
0: there as a guy with really bad seasickness. Yeah, that would probably be terrible. (laughs) It never ends. Um, Yeah, great. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And as always, uh, fatality.